Catskill one. Old Town Road. Well, they keep it short because they will ding this. I'll guarantee that shit. Yeah, I'm gonna take my horse to the Old Town Road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse to the Old Town Road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I got the horses in the back. What is up, everybody? What is up, everybody? Hey, uh, speaking of country music and that old song, did you guys watch? There was uh, the Academy of Country Music Awards last night, or something like that. I didn't. Did you know they did? Do you, do you know they did that? I assume it's like the. Oh wait, is it? Is it like the MTV Music Awards or like the C, like the CMAs or is this? No, a whole no, 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 no. It's so they have the CMAs, which is the Country. Music award, right? And then last night they had the ACMs, which is the awards of country music or something like that. Like it, it's the same thing. Now, is there people uh, there, like an actual audience? No, that's the okay. weird part about this whole thing. So, okay. turn it on, and there's they're giving away. They're like at the Grand Old Opry, or, and they had like ten different locations. They were like shooting all over Nashville with Google Earth, and then going into this building. And they would have the two presenters up there, like dressed in tuxedos, nobody in the crowd, just talking to the camera. And then they would give the award out. The people would come up on the award and they'd start giving a speech, like an acceptance speech, like talking to like the guy was turning to the, to the like the, you know, the, the cheap seats, like talking to the people up there. If there's nobody there, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. What channel was this on? Just like it's Joe Biden to get off the plane. CBS? Well, Steve, yeah, it was like Joe Biden when he turned away. Nobody. I'm scared for the camera, though. I don't know. I mean, you know, it was bizarre. so many award shows now for everything, like the Academy of Country Music Awards. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to go off topic there, but you like brought you brought in the country music, and I thought that that's I don't know, maybe it triggered something for you. You were watching the awards of country music. Uh, I was just- I was just picking a song. I like that song. I'm not the biggest country guy in the world, but that song's awfully catchy. Billy Ray Cyrus is in that, right? Damn straight. Yeah, he's the man. Country's brutal. Let me be honest. Country's brutal. It stinks. But I like going to the concerts. Well, yeah. The concerts are, are the funnest concerts probably once you get over the age of like 23. Actually, I guess at 23, they'd be fun. I just didn't really start going to them until I was like 27. But... I guess there's a lot of younger people there too. Just have let me fun. tell you, Luke Bryan. Luke Bryan, you know this Luke guy? Bryan. Yep. Lamest. Let me share this. Lamest guy, lamest singer ever. He's like trying to be like Jimmy Buffett or something. Every song is about just like being wasted and drinking a margarita and doing you know like drinking tequila and stuff. It's like, dude, get like it's been done. Get over it. That's they all do. Is that's like the whole joke? Like ah, uh, you know. I know. But at a certain point, some better. people make some people make semi-serious songs. Like this guy's a total. He well, he like, he's riding that wave life. of the pop country star, right? Like that's what and it is. He's he is the most popular. He was like the performer of the year last year. That's right? what I'm saying. He's like the most I mean, popular guy, but he's so lame. Yeah, I couldn't even yeah. watch it. I could see that. He was up there with a. Bud Light Seltzer's like dog shit. Bud Light Seltzer's are dog shit, but 
Prof likes Bud Light seltzers, apparently. Prof, you strawberries are what? You Bud Light seltzers high on it, don't you? Number two. They're my number two. And what's one? White Claw? White Claw is number one. Bud Light seltzer is number two. Yeah. BL, BLS number two, huh? They're pretty low for me. Get us a sponsor. <laughs> it's Earl regular. Earl's become a regular. I mean, shit. He, he was here for two podcasts. He got himself a bobblehead, although we just haven't gotten him in stock yet. Yeah, come on, man. Bring it on. That would go great. Like right here. Be perfect. I would put that right here. Make it fucking dance. Well, you heard the guy that's starting the uh, the pandemic for the Phillies. The guy that runs that, he's getting a bobblehead. You you hear that? I mean, if that guy's getting a bobblehead, Earl definitely needs I know, right? Like, I gotta get one. Gotta do it. But that's facts. Four Loco Seltzer, Ricky says. I got a good story, not for right now, because we got a lot to cover, but I'll tell a good story about Four Locos. Um, the real Four Locos, not the fake shit, not the stuff to these days, the real Four Locos. That's Let me say that the, wor- oh. the worst seltzer out there that I've had is the Natty White Seltzer. Don't do it. I got <laughs> Just that. Don't do it. <laughs> well, I mean, the name would imply that it's probably not that good, right? I, I'm just oh. warning you. That now everybody's got one. Everybody's got one. Yeah, everybody's got one. I keep hearing that the Corona seltzer is really good, but it's expensive. Mm, it's not that great. No? And it's less less alcohol content. Yeah, yeah. we well, know what they call them. They call them a blackout in a can. You'd be blacking what? out on that thing. What? No, on those, uh, on those drinks, man. Uh, it's four four Locos. Loco? The Four Locos, yeah, they're, they're blackout oh, in a can. God. Back oh, yeah. in the day, well, man, yeah, drink two of them. The original. Oh, see you. It's nice to the know. The originals, we took two of them, and you were out for the night. Yeah, man. Yeah. Those have been good times. Bob's a filter up 6-3. No shot. The pen holds it. Yeah, that's sort of been the the, the – uh, that's been the pattern with them. We'll see. Um, the Browns-Bengals game just started nothing-nothing. Eight into the first quarter. Two so, different picks. Yep. We, we – um, you know – we, we came at you guys Tuesday night and we had really, we had a lot of fun on the podcast, but there was a portion of that where we started talking about, you know, week one and games you liked and picked and um, <clears throat> in just perfect timing fashion, Earl had brought up some picks that he made and, you know, there was really not much verification to go there because we didn't put them out on the air and, you know, um, his explanation was a little shoddy. So we, you know, we gave him a hard time about it, but we decided we're getting another podcast in this week, and we're going to do picks. And we're going to do a long-running pick segment. So here's what we came up with. We're picking four games total a week, but three of the games are whatever you want. You know, pick ATS, any game you want. But then the fourth pick has to be an underdog, big bomb dog, of over four points on the spread. So four doesn't count. It's got to be at least four and a half at the time that we read them from a reputable source. Buha. I know how he likes to go to whatever site he can get to get the, the line that he wants. I go to, I go to Vegas insider. It's what I go to. It's what everybody goes to. It's what everybody should go to. Yeah. I, I didn't know what you were basing it on. Who knows? I, Lord knows what site Earl has. on. I go to score center and I go on FanDuel Sportsbook Cause I do actually bet on these picks that I'd be making because I'm just, I just know this stuff. Okay. All right. So, but so for the dog pick, each win is worth one point, but for the dog pick of the week, if you win it, 
if your team loses or you just cover, you get a point. But if your team wins outright on that one, you get a point and a half. So that will add up, obviously. So the maximum amount of points you get in a week if you went 4-0 and your underdog team won outright would be 4.5. And, and then, obviously, if you lose all four, you won't get any. So that being said, who wants to go first? I think Earl does. Earl wants to go first. Earl wants to give us his uh, picks for this first. week. It'll be my honor. It's fine. Guys, um, I wanted to get a pick in on this game that just started. Or – all right, well, I'll do that one first. Um, I'll do the game start right now. I'm yeah, going with the Bengals, man. Fuck, uh, I don't think there's no way that the Browns are going to cover six points. I, I don't are think there's any way. Are you kidding me? No way. I mean, dude. I mean, what? what? You're supposed I mean, it, this to is disagree. My, this is my turn. You're supposed to disagree with me on everything. Oh, what? You, you like the Bengals? Yes, I have. Well, you know, you know what is funny? I did write, say, I have a Bengals Browns. I said opposite of Nick, but I went first. <laughs> so I, I, I thought you were going Browns. So I was like, you know what? I'm going with Bengals. And there's no way they're going to cover, so that's that. I, so I, I Earl, swear, I did write opposite of Nick. So Earl's taking – Earl assumes that Prof is going Browns. And so yeah, he I thought you were going Browns. The Bengals. Well, I went first. I'm telling you, if you went first – that was my bad. I should have let you go first, and I would have went Browns. But so no. you both but like to let you go. Point, huh? yeah, yeah, let I mean, me tell you why. Okay, go let ahead. Tell you why? Because the, because it opened at Cleveland minus eight and a half, and then that money comes in game time, and I I have it right here at five and a half. I don't know what Mickey Mouse site Earl's got. So I Earl's just got, got a an score extra center Fanduel. But for him, he's got an extra half point. He got it at six. I have I have them plus five and a half. I got Cincinnati. They just kicked the field goal. They're winning already. But I said I also liked the Texans last week. They scored first tip. So why not? Okay. Yeah, when was I, it going? Uh, I did see the Bengals. I did see the Bengals at six on covers, like up to the minute on the betting. So probably if you took it, it'll go up at six. Even with the Bengals up three nothing, I'll still take the Browns and lay to six because for me. This is one of those games where it's a schedule game. I can't see the Bengals going 2-0 and and the Browns going 0-2. The Browns really, really need this game. The Bengals are not going to have a good record this year. So um, I'll take the Browns. I'll lay the points. I, I think the Browns will come back here and, and cover the spread. So I like the Browns. Are you having your official picks? None of these are our official picks, right? Or are you guys officially These are just the Bengals? A- yeah, okay. my official this isn't my official pick. pick. No, I, I, no. this isn't so my official one pick. One of Buha's is official. He likes the Bengals. Wow. Absolutely. That's, okay. That's uh, that's solid there. All right. So, so Earl, who else you got? All right. Well, uh, this is my outright – this is a lock. I'm telling you. Lock City. The so is, this your, is this your big dog special already? You're leading with the big underdog bomb? No, I'm leading in with the, uh, you know, the what do you call it? My lock, like, th- th- I mean, this is what I'm putting 20 bucks in on Sunday. I'm putting money on it. I already have. I'm putting the Cardinals over the Washington football team. They're covering the, the line six and a half. They are covering. You know, the I mean, I look at the stats with the Washington football team against the Eagles last week. I'm like, how the hell did they win this damn game? I'm like, like they had a, like a 40-yard drive, like they had a 20-yard drive, another like a 30. And they didn't move the ball, and they have only one one guy, Terry McClellan, and Patrick Peterson's going to be on his ass all game. And the Cardinals have an offensive line. They got they got a superstar receiver. There's no way they're not 
covering the six and a half. I mean, the Cardinals are going to they're going to beat them. They're home. I'm saying it's going to be like a 31-17 ball game. And so, so, so that's official. Card number one. They're covering. Yeah, that's right. They yep. are the Burrows, Ricky. The, they're the covering. Cincinnati Burrows. And uh, I'll go with my underdog here. I think this might actually. This is actually a good money line bet too here. If you want to go money line, uh, I heard this stat. Like the one team that lost on a Thursday night, the next week since it came out in 2011. This um the Thursday night team on openers undefeated, so I heard that I'm like all right I I like it even more, so I'm picking the Texans to cover over the Ravens at Houston. Um I I just the signs look good they, they got a top ten quarterback the Sean Watson, Ravens are away, right. and like I said that, that little stat I like, uh, they had a long week, Ravens had a shorter one. Yeah, I'm just I'm liking the Texans to cover. That's my underdog. I'm with it. Hit us so, with that one. And who I got? Uh, that's so that's two. I need I need one more. Oh, here's another good one here. I think <laughs> I like this one a lot. I got the Packers over the uh, Detroit to line six. I'm thinking they're covering like a 31-24 game. The Lions defensive backs are depleted a little bit. I heard they had like a couple defensive backs. Devontae Adams, fantasy football, is having, he's going to have a big day. It's at Lambeau Field. They're home. So that's just, I mean, yeah, I know there's no cheese heads in the fans or in the, in the stands, but I'm liking the Packers. So that's my second. Taking them. And um, I'm going with the Jags, man. It's the, the, you know, this is all just the cover. No money. This is the cover. The line I got is minus nine. And they're both 1-0. The Titans can't make a field goal worth of shit. Yeah, that guy Gostowski. No wonder why Patriots released him, right? And I got, I got the Jags, man. I'm picking the Jags is, to cover. That was that and the box are the two biggest lines on the board. So, not bad, not bad. Dude, so, so much for you disagreeing with me, Earl. Oh no! That's oh, my underdog pick is the Jackson Jaguars. And again, you got to send me the link to this guy because I'm plus seven and a half. I, they they got that line all the way to minus seven and a half for Tennessee. So I'm also taking Jacksonville. I'll take it at plus seven and a half because started up at 11, dropped down real quick. That's why I like them. All that, all that Jacksonville money came in for whatever reason. Um, but I like that too. That's my, that's my underdog. Uh, my, my next one, go figure, another underdog. Atlanta plus four and a half. Versus Dallas at Dallas. I believe it's at Dallas. Let me find it. Yes, it's at Dallas. Down from it seven and a half. Dallas. Another big drop. So I'm taking a risk here because it's dropping pretty low at this point. Hopefully it stays there. But um, I like the I like the line movement. I know it's kind of early in the season to be playing the system. But hey, it, he's prof for a reason. He's got the system. For the, a reason. System the, system. the system is the system. He's got the good website system. you're on. Can't argue with the system. The next one I have, and this is my only favorite that I picked, and that's Jack's very own Buffalo Bills, minus six, up from minus three when it opened against the lowly Miami Dolphins. At the Dolphins. It's going to be a really oh. exciting game. It's going to be in Miami. I like Buffalo. Yeah, I like that one. Minus the six. 
All right. So I and I'm right. getting five and, and a half on my sheet. All right. It is at six. I just looked because it's all my sheet. I just looked as well. It is at six. So I'm going to start with Minnesota at Indianapolis. To me, this is the weirdest line on the board. So, you know, Prof and I, Prof has his system. I like to go the other way. I like to look at games and go, if I was picking that game, handicapping that game, what would I see that at? I certainly wouldn't have the Vikings getting three. And it feels like a here kitty kitty, like the Vikings getting three in Indy. I don't care. I'm going to take them. I'll take the three and I'll take Minnesota. Next game, this one, I look to be a blowout, like blowout special. I may put put the farm on this one. Niners at the Jets. Niners are pissed. They lost to, to the Cardinals last week, you know, in the infamous Earl game. So I called that one. I told several people. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, man, the Niners the are injured, man. Earl they game. injuries. So yeah, really. they're pissed. You know, as long as by Sunday that stays around, you'd like to get it at seven, seven and a half. I hope it doesn't creep up. It may. I'm kind of surprised it's even staying that low. But I'll take the Niners all the way up to 10, honestly, because I think they're going to win by double digits. Next game, I got the Pats traveling to Seattle. Seattle minus four. I like the Seahawks at home. I'll lay the points. I'll lay the four. And then... My game, I'm going to go head-to-head, excuse me, with the prof on my big dog bomb of the week. And I like the other way. Buffalo going to Miami. Buffalo smelling themselves. I know I told you last week they win a division. I still think they do. But I'm going with the Dolphins. Outright. Dolphins outright. Division game. The Miami Dolphins always play the Bills tough, and they never play well. Going to Miami, obviously take the points, but if you want a little, you know, little flavor, take the money line, take the fins. Ooh. That's the picks. I like. I mean, I like the I like the Bills pick, and uh, the, well, I, well, the one pick I don't like is the Vikings pick. I mean, the Vikings defense is really bad, and the Colts offense is pretty good. I mean, they have a, a wily veteran back there in Philip Rivers and a legitimate running back, Jonathan Taylor. I don't know. I I think Indy's. I, don't, I think Indy's going to pull it out, man. Okay. Well, that's, that's why I opinion. made my picks. And you made your picks. We shall see. Come someday. We shall see. I kind of like you both being on the same game too, because you know that's good. No, what game was that? That He's was supposed one. to disagree with me, and I have all my picks written down. They're all written right here. Hey, Earl, Earl really wanted me more than he thinks. He really wanted you to go first. Yeah, so next week I go first. Next week, next week prop goes first. Actually, we'll let the yeah, lead dog first. go first. Whoever does the best, whoever does the best out of shoot, they'll get the lead. The lead dog, baby. That's how That's we do call. it. Yeah, That's how we do it. So I don't have anything else for football. We we spent some time there on the picks. There's a game on right now. We talked about a lot of football this week. One thing I wanted to bring up because we talked about it on Tuesday, and all three of us legitimately sat here and told you there was no way that the Clippers were going to lose to the Nuggets. And lo and behold, while we were finishing up being live, the Nuggets beat the shit out of the Clippers. Front ran, 
beat them down, and they win game seven to go to the Western Conference Finals to see the Lakers. And there's a lot of talk floating around now. Obviously, it has to start with Paul George. I mean, his stat line, 10-4-2. and two. And he was 2 from 11 from 3. But what really struck me is down the stretch, he was just tossing up shots that were horrendous. Not even close. So far off. And it was just like, okay, like game's over. And he's just jacking up shots. And I didn't know if you guys noticed that or not, but like Kawhi wasn't anywhere to be found. It felt to me like something was going on with those two. And, you know, Kawhi's kind of a weird guy. He'd have a great game either. But I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. All three of us sat here and said there's no way, no yeah. way that the Nuggets win that game. And now the Nuggets have moved on. Another perfect example, I should have disagreed with Buha. I would have looked like a genius <laughs> over here. <laughs> you know? But I, and to go, and go off of that, I was hearing these um, these Clippers guys in the in the uh, in like their little you know their little meeting there. They were tired. I was I was reading something how like they were taking three minute break or they were taking three minute shifts to get off. They were gassed. I I, I don't know why, but they, I heard they were gassed. And I, I saw the one shot Paul George put up. The, the guy had a wide open corner shot, and he hit the ba- he hit the backboard square yeah. in the. Yeah, he hit the side of the backboard. It was horrendous. You, you know what? He, he, like Stephen A. Smith said it perfect. They just plain out choked. Yeah, 100%. Choked. Oh, and real quick, sneak it in. Ricky threw in. I just caught it there in the chat. He likes the Vegas Raiders plus four on Monday night. Yeah, I, I've heard that, yeah. I hate the Raiders, so. I'm staying away from that. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Because, uh, I mean, I, we watch we watch these games. They're late, the West Coast games. I've always heard Jamal Murray. He's a good player, right? He's a he's a, a close to twenty, maybe close to twenty point guy. Maybe average twenty three season. Mid twenties, probably mid low twenties, sure. I'll look at whatever. What happened with COVID break that he came out and he scored 40, 50, 35? Like something just like snapped. And I think him with with Jokic, when you have two guys that are playing at a superstar level and actually playing at a superstar level, not just crown superstars like you had with George and, and Kawhi, like that, that that was – they both stepped up big time compared to what we all expected in a long, drawn-out playoff. I mean, would you disagree with that? I, I think he's an 18 – I think he well, averaged 18 and a half during the regular season. Well, go ahead, Jack. My bad. Yeah, I agree. I mean, here's the thing. So I would be careful with the crown superstar comment about Kawhi. He earned it. Not his- saying Kawhi earned absolutely, his- but Paul George did not. And now it's clear that he is a crown superstar. He's a regular season star because his performance yesterday was abysmal. And when you go to the flip side, I heard something very interesting today, and I'll credit Max Kellerman. So he was talking about the game on his radio show. They've sort of switched up the ESPN radio like lineup. Will Kane's gone. Uh, Max Kellerman's kind of in that role now. So he was talking about the Nuggets, and what he said was typically what it takes once you get to the semis into the conference finals and then to the finals to win is you need two five-star all-stars. And what we thought the Nuggets had was a a four-and-a-half 
in Jokic and like a four possibly could move to a four and a half in Murray. But what we're getting play-wise out of them, to Prof's point, out of quarantine, out of the break, and particularly in the playoffs is we're getting five-star out of both of them. Both of them are playing at high-caliber levels. If you look at the game yesterday, I mean, Montrez Harrell is not a you know terrible player. He's actually a, a well-above-average big man. And Jokic just, Jokic just literally... He's a six-man of the year. Yeah, he just did whatever he wanted. I mean, his his line is ridiculous. I I mean, he <laughs> triple this double, line, right? 16, yeah. Yeah, triple double. 16, 22 and 13. I mean, if that's not dominating from the center position, I don't know what is. And then you got Murray going for 40. When you look at the other side, you have Kawhi and George who are supposed to both be all league defensive type of guys, and for to have him go for forty on you in a game seven, you know, that says something about both sides. There, it says something about how Murray stepped up, and it says something about how both Kawhi and PG really came up small on both ends last night. Yeah, and I was going to add, like, where was Lou Williams? What wasn't he the sixth man of the year? I mean. You- <laughs> He was supposed to be a guy that could score the ball. I mean, I'm what did he do? Sneak out and go to the strip club? You know, it's, it's like funny you bring him up, Earl, because Prof and I were talking about it. Like it was between him and Harold for sixth and seventh man of the year, both six man. How, how can you have six man of the year, both guys on the same team? There's only one six man, right? But yeah. your point, yeah, I mean, th- where were they? Nowhere. I, I mean, the Nuggets just had a great game plan. They came out and executed, and Paul George was just horrendous. So now the Nuggets get to go play the Lakers, and then the Clippers are sitting here holding the bag because they gave up a King's ransom to go get PG and bring Kawhi in, and something ain't sitting right there because, I mean, Kawhi was 14-6-6, six, and six, but he wasn't touching the ball late. It was like, PG had something to prove. Like he's going to take all the bad, the shots, bad shots. He's going to miss all the bad shots. Like I don't know. It was it was yeah. very strange to me watching that game down the stretch how it played out. And uh, who's the head coach again? Because I have like a I forget his name. Uh, Doc Rivers. Name? Doc, Rivers. Doc Rivers. Okay, so I heard this on the radio. I heard it from a guy. Okay, it doesn't matter who I heard it from. So this is the third three and one deficit loss uh, series loss that he's had. It's the third yeah. time this happened. I, I don't know the exact, but it's happened three times to this guy. Why it's happening to this guy, I don't know. I mean, it, it just yeah, stretching all the way back to 2003 with the Magic. So it, it's yep. it's running the gamut of his career. True, but then again, you know, that's such a weird stat because if you go to the flip side there, in NBA history, only 13 times has a team come back from being down 3-1 in a seven-game series. The Nuggets did it twice, and they just did it twice in this playoffs. So yeah. they're not only the only team to do it twice, they did it in the same postseason. So that's another weird stat. But then, like, is Doc Rivers a bad coach? I mean, he's well-regarded no. probably every year. He's like one of the top five coaches in the league. So so, so who do you got, Buha, in the Who do you got in the next round? I have to go. With the Los Angeles Lakers, I don't think that they—I don't think that they can keep this going. I think 
I think LeBron's more driven to do this now that he's on the, the West Coast to, to actually get a title on the West Coast when, you know, we've heard him say before that people have doubted that he could ever do it, you know, coming out of the West. And now he's here. Um, he's got the team to do it. I, I don't know this for sure. This is – I don't have a feeling for this Nuggets team, but I don't know that – they can continue doing what they're doing well, the way that they're doing it. Yeah. And, well, and I think that the Lakers team is, is a little bit different than the matchup with the Clippers. One thing that I did want to bring up, because we talk about this a lot when we talk about NBA playoffs versus NHL playoffs, and this is that scenario that I love, that Buha, you know, I'm going to sort of, overstate what he says here, but is a guy who says that never happens, right? Like in the NBA, clearly the Clippers were a better team than the Nuggets, but the Nuggets rallied together down 3-1 and came back and pulled the hockey on them, right? They pulled the NHL playoff on them and they got the upset and it's good to see. Go to the other side, to the other conference, right? The Heat upset the number one overall seed in the NBA and in the East in the Bucks. So is it just a weirdness of it being a bubble and the quarantine and that's why we're seeing it? Or are we seeing more parity in the league? Or is it a mix of both? I don't know. But I got to tell you, it is kind of nice to see, right, when higher seeds get eliminated. And it's, you know, it's not like hockey where it, it sort of feels like one team just got hot because basketball just doesn't come. It doesn't really work that way, right? So I don't know. I thought that was interesting. I wanted to get Buha's thoughts on that. No, and that's why I went with the Lakers because coming out of this, I mean, going into the bubble, they were the favorite. I mean, they, they were they're supposed to be there, you know, and the teams that are supposed to be there in the NBA are usually the teams that are there. Now we're seeing this a little bit different this year because we didn't think the Miami, Miami Heat were necessarily going to be there. But it was I think it was less clear cut in the East this year, like if you had to pick teams, you can make an argument for or against some teams. It wasn't it wasn't as clear cut as it was in previous years. But I mean on, on the, the other side that in the West, we all had it penciled in, right? It was sure, Clippers Lakers. Sure we Just, did. I mean we why did. why even play the season? It's gonna be Clippers Lakers, right? Right. And and you know the the reasons why we thought that that did not come through in the playoffs. I mean Looking at the teams on paper, you know, if you, if you were putting up a regular Paul George stat line and a regular Kawhi stat line, I mean, it'd be it'd be no question. But I don't know why they didn't they didn't play up to how they usually play. I have no idea. I'm not I'm not a basketball coach, but one of those teams is still there that we would have penciled in. So I'm staying with who is penciled in, who's supposed to be there. I mean, sure. there's I, I don't see a reason to come off of that. I mean, I think it's going to be a little bit, obviously Jokic presents challenges for any team to guard him because he does pretty much everything well and he's humongous. Um, you know, what, what do you do to, to counter that? Uh, I don't you know. Put Anthony Davis Anthony on. Davis pretty much. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be track on the whole time. Now, now we'll – Anthony Davis tracking him the whole time. Will that take away from the offensive side of his game? 
I don't know. I, I, I don't think so because he's that good an athlete, but Jokic is a big boy. He's, you know, he's weighing in at what, 265? But he lost weight, didn't he? Didn't he? Didn't he? he had the COVID. He, he lost weight. He doesn't weight. look like it. No, <laughs> well, I, I, I know some pictures. He, he lost some weight. Yeah, he's just a big dude. And yeah. he kind of, you know, the, 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 this is such a great matchup for the two of them. Real quick. So for the Luggets Lakers, Ricky's saying, so the Vegas line for a game seven are Nuggets at forty to one to take it in seven, and Lakers thirty to one in seven. So mm. if you put you just put shekels down on there being a game seven, could make pretty good money. Yeah, but those those are not those are not those odds are if they get to a game seven. I mean, th- things have to transpire for those odds to get for them to project yeah. that. You know what I mean? It means something is going wrong that we did not predict for them to be in a game seven. And that's why these odds are going to be sure. fairly similar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense for sure. So it's, it's a little bit adjusted. It's yeah. not like, you know, they're going to be pretty much. Uh, yeah, you, well, see, you see my point. Yeah, if they get to a game seven, all bets are off. Just like any game seven. doesn't right. matter what the sport is. Of course. It's a 50, 50 pretty much. Right. Those are just props, prop bets. So, uh, but, it's an interesting matchup with Nicola, Nicola, Nicola. I don't know exactly how he pronounces his first name, but, and Anthony Davis, because what you're going to see is Anthony Davis is the freak athlete, right? He's the freak stretch center who can shoot the three and put the ball on the floor and defend. And he's long and he's huge. Then you got Jokic, who's the European guy, you know, does more with his sort of what you'll call under athleticism by NBA standards, but he can shoot, right? He can he can pass, obviously, 13 assists. He uses his body well to rebound. So he's he's kind of that, like, I heard today him be compared to, he's like a, a Dirk Nowitzki, but a little bit bigger and a little bit better passer than Dirk. And, 285. Yeah. 285, yeah. yeah he, he's huge. By the way, the Browns, Beckham just called a bomb. The Browns are up 14-3, so FYI. Yeah, Should have let Nick go first. <laughs> <laughs> but but with Nick's pick with the he he's saying the Lakers, you know, they just make me want to say more and more. I'm liking what the Nuggets are doing. Like I mean, they've come through some adversity over here, come down two series down three one, coming back. I mean, I like the Nuggets now, man. I'm I'm on the bandwagon nugget train right now. So I think they can beat the Lakers, you know, and I, I'm not saying that it, it's going to be easier or nothing because they got LeBron and Anthony Davis and Kuzma and whatnot. But I, I, I think the Nuggets can beat them in seven, maybe even six, or they'll just go down three one, come back and beat them. You know, you never know. Imagine, I, I, Imagine. That three times. Yeah, that would be great. That the would cliche be here is that you want to say the Nuggets are going to run out of steam, right? Because they've already come back from being down three one. Yeah, but but they're in that bubble, man. Yep, they are in that bubble. I mean, I'm going to officially take the Lakers also, right? I feel like with now where we're sitting with the Clippers not making it and the Lakers sort of, you know, expecting that showdown, to Prof's point, LeBron's going to focus in. You know, there was a lot of scrutiny with him with the making the move to L.A. and everything that's happened, and he's sort of like the over-publicized, over-criticized NBA all-time superstar. So he, he needs this. In a lot of ways, he needs this. 
So I think that he'll get there. I know. The what do you have, how many games you got? I can't see it getting to seven, honestly. I, I, I had the conversation today when I went to the beer store. The beer I mean, store. really, I, I, being generous, I would say Lakers in six, but I really want to say Lakers in five, so I will. I'll say Lakers in five. Well, you took mine, so I'll go Lakers in six then. Yeah. I'm going Nuggets in seven. Love it. Love it. Got to do it, man. Love it. I'm like so the Nuggets. Flipping the script to the Eastern Conference Finals. Let me flip the channel here. So I saw the Celtics were up pretty big. He took They're game really one. 84-77. Celtics? Yeah. Nope, Heat. Oh, the Heat are up. Yep. Wow, that they went on a run because the Celtics were up pretty big. So sure did. he took game one on a crazy block um, of Jason Tatum, which was awesome to watch. I'm sure everybody saw it on SportsCenter. But this is interesting. We sort of talked a little bit about it here earlier. But to see the Heat here and now having taken the lead here, like if the Heat go up 2-0, they're in a commanding position to get to the finals. And the interesting thing to me about how this went down is it just so tied into the Sixers and, and with Jimmy Butler being here. So I wrote out like the whole thing for the process. I know prof doesn't want to go through all of it, but after we talk about where we're at now, I want to talk about sort of the key pieces, just a couple of them that I wrote down for the process and how Jimmy Butler has wound up in Miami and relates to the Sixers status. But honestly for this series, it's kind of hard now because we're literally watching game while well, we're in the middle of game two, but I still think the Celtics were going to win this series. But if they go down 2-0, I mean, I, I think the Celtics winning this. One of the things I'll say about this playoffs, and we've seen it, so maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it just hasn't been as apparent to me in other playoffs because this is so unique, but a lot of the guys that were drafted, like, not 1-2. You know what I mean? You know you have your guys that are drafted 1-2 and 3. They're always the stud the stud players. I like the guys that are drafted 5 and beyond. That they're hungry, man. You can tell. I mean, Jimmy Butler personifies that. He's like the poster boy for that, that type of player. Um, I don't know where Jamal Murray went, so maybe I'm wrong. I know he, he was at Kentucky for a year. Was he like – he was probably around the five area, maybe a little, like ten. Let me check ten. real quick. I, I don't want to put something out there that's not true. I, I want to say he went like four, five, six. I'll tell you right now, but go ahead. It's He's not seventh on the basketball overall right? pick, Seventh overall pick, 2016. Oh, yeah, there it is. You have to, you have to, you have to put that little tab down. Yeah, well, who's, okay. who's the one white kid? Overall, Jokic went like he basically went undrafted. Right. Right. He was like a late second rounder. Right. These are guys that are not supposed to be where they're at. And they they work to get there. Jimmy Butler, like I said, that's that's one of the reasons I like Jimmy Butler. That's that's how he he you know kind of clawed his way up to where he's at now, where he's a superstar in the league. That's my two cents. All right, well, here's my two cents about the Heat team. I mean, you have you have Butler. I mean, I want to say Butler knew something that nobody that, that the whole world didn't know. He must have had an inside scoop on these guys. Like I said, they had that 
I, like I've got the guys, uh, the kids' name starts with a K, I think. The one three point shooter, um, like the white kid. I, I, I don't know the names. I don't have it in front of me. But, I guess so. He is that his name? But no, does he play for the Heat? I'm asking. He played for the Heat. Yes, somewhere. yeah, the Heat. Hero. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Yep, yeah. Tyler and, Hero. I, He's playing out of his mind. I mean, this guy's like an undrafted guy. I mean, they, they got some young guys on there too, and it's just like they came out of nowhere. They thought they were going to be like a seventh-day team in there, but they just got so much camaraderie, it looks like. And they're just – I mean, they got that word in them. It's called believe, and they just believe they're going to beat anybody. You know, they don't care. Jimmy Butler doesn't care. I know that. He doesn't care – who they are, what they have done, he doesn't care because he he thinks they can beat them. That's what it looks to me. And and with the Sixers, you know, that's the type of guy he lost, man. He lost a guy that, you know, it didn't matter. I mean, well, Jimmy Butler says it. You know, he, he's not the fastest guy, biggest guy, whatnot. But he comes in there and he don't care. He's gonna he's gonna out out hustle you. You know, he, the guy has a lot of heart, and, and it looks like that whole team does. So yeah. I don't know, man. I don't care not the Heat at all. Yeah, the makeup of the Heat's roster is pretty interesting. Um, one thing of note, actually, if you look at the Heat's roster, I'm looking right now who's on the floor. So first off, Kelly Olynyk's on the floor, who I can't stand. He's a former Celtic, and hate that guy. Every, yeah, everybody in Philly hates that guy. But they also have Jay Crowder, who's a former Celtic. So okay. they they got a couple pieces cast off from the Celtics, which when you get to go back and face the team that got rid of you, you know, you get a little bit more to play for. And and the Heat are kind of playing inspired right now against the Celtics. The Celtics in the series outside of Jimmy Butler really have your budding stars in the NBA. You're talking about your Tatums. You're talking about your smarts, right? They've got the guys, the Browns. They've got the team of budding stars in the Heat. It's like, Jimmy Butler and the boys, right? Like it's kind of the band of, of guys and they're, they're out grinding them. They're out working them. And I mean, that's the way they won game one is just apparent, right? Huge block from Tatum, the budding star going to the cup to get the win. Like that's sort of an encompassment of how this series needs to go. The heater kind of grinding it out against the Celtics. Well, plus Jimmy Butler making that crazy three pointer to like that get did. it to overtime. And Jimmy Butler hits some huge shots. The whole playoffs. I mean, he really has. And, I mean, you can't deny it. And he did it game one. And you'll see it end of the night. He's going to do something like shit. You know, that's a hell of a shot or that's a hell of a game. <laughs> Ricky said good guy like Dragic. I'm assuming. Right hmm? Oh, yeah. I'm assuming that Ricky means good call about Kelly Olenek because I don't think anybody likes Kelly Olenek, especially here in Philly. So here's something. Here's something for both of you guys. Because I thought about this earlier. So, now, I don't care who you think is going to win the series, right? What I care about is, who, who, who are you going to be more less bothered by winning the series? Jimmy Butler, who left Philly to go to Miami and now takes the heat to the finals, or the Celtics, everything about the Celtics being the Sixers' rival, going back to the, the Tatum, Fultz, the whole nine yards, right? So who's the lesser two evils here? Who would you rather see go through to the finals? Butler and the Heat or the Celtics? It's an easy question for me. I mean, yeah. I, well, who wasn't, Nick? No, uh, you go first. 
I mean, it's the Heat, man. I would love to see the Heat win it, come out of nowhere, just shut down. Well, just well, plus definitely not Boston. I, you know, Boston. I don't really like Boston whatsoever. I mean, so Boston out. I don't like Boston. I don't like New England. I don't like Boston. No Boston. I, I would like to see Miami beat Boston, go in there and beat well. Whoever's on the west side, I would love to see the Heat win this whole shit and just be like, you know. It, and just win it, man. I mean, it would be a Cinderella story, and I think it'd go down the ages of like one of the best championships ever won. So, my vote, the Heat. Well, it's certainly going to be a historic championship either way because nobody's ever won it in this type of atmosphere where they set up the bubble, this bubble type of thing. Nobody's ever won a championship in September, but or October, whatever the hell day it'll be by the time the series is over. But I, I do agree with Eric. And the reason is this, and I think I've said this on the pod before, the Boston Celtics, of all the teams, pick any team, any sport, they're my most hated team in any sport ever. I don't know. I don't know why. It's one of those things where every time we play them and they pull one out on us, it's it, it makes your blood boil a little bit. And the, the, I used to get that a lot more when I was younger. But the, when we lose to the Celtics, that still it still does that to me, where my blood boils when we lose to them. Um, the second reason is I want to see Miami move on because I'm angry at the Sixers. I'm angry at how this all went. I'm angry at how all this played out. And while I'm, I'll always be a Sixers fan and I'll ride and die with them, they, they did this to themselves. And sometimes you need to look within and say, we did not do this the right way. We screwed this up and we have to pay for our sins. And so I have no problem with the heat moving on and make just kind of putting salt in, in the Sixers wounds. I don't have a problem with that. Okay. So Ricky is, he chimes in in chat. He's on board with you two. And he says exactly what you're saying, prof. He says it's a slap in the face to Brett Brown and the Sixers who let Jimmy get away, right? Kept Brett Brown, and this is what happens. I don't think I – I thought about this a lot today because I I wanted to bring this question up, but I I am not going to make it a clean sweep, and I'll tell you why. I I really hate the Celtics. I I really, really do. But I don't think – that either one of these teams can beat the Lakers in a seven-game series anyway. So to me, what's going to hurt me more is seeing Jimmy Butler leave Philadelphia after last year, and we've talked about it at nauseum, the Kawhi shot that hits the rim three times, that falls in in game seven, and that team, how good that team was, doesn't stay and is sort of like the last brick to break on the process because he doesn't sign and to see him then go to another team in the same conference and take them to the finals the year after, I can't swallow that because I love you. You guys know how much I love Ben Simmons and I'm, I'm a big Joe fan. Like I really like our guys and to see Jimmy go, I I can't do it. Like I am going to swallow it and just say, I'll let the Celtics go just as long as they don't win the championship. That's gross. 
I know. Well, realistically, I, know. I mean, I think whoever wins the West will win. You know this. You know the championship. But I was just saying, as a fanhood, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't mind to see the guy Jimmy win it. So that. So but realistically, Jack, I, I think the West gonna win. I said this. I probably. I probably am. am um, contradicting myself from last year because just knowing myself, I probably defended Brett Brown last year. But we're seeing right now where Jimmy came out and basically said, dude, they're not really letting me do my thing. Like what kind of, what kind of, what are you calling? He came out and was frustrated by that. And it's pretty obvious now that Jimmy's an alpha and there wasn't enough. This is a cliche, but there wasn't enough ball to go around last year where it was almost like possession management for the individual players where you couldn't just let like Jimmy basically had to take over a game to spite the system. And I didn't really realize that until you see him take a team where he's clearly the alpha. I think he needs that. I think he needs to be that number one. He needs to be the undoubted top dog. And that just takes him to another level, whether that's a mental thing for him or, you know, some, some people need that competitive edge and they need to, they need to have everything on their shoulders to take it to the next level. And I know I'm saying a lot here and maybe this doesn't make sense, but I'm just kind of thinking this thing through, but that's how I view his, him taking, taking this team to a different level. And I, I, I'm on board actually real quick. Alex would have chat that some <laughs> that somebody said that Buha looks like Jim from America. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I actually agree with everything you said, Buha, but, and I said this last year about Butler in a different way in that if you notice on teams that he has been on, because Jimmy, for being, you know, like a tier two superstar has sort of rotated through a lot of teams, right? And hasn't really found a fit because he's been on teams with guys, other guys who have thought that they may be or could be stars or are stars. And so it hasn't really worked. Yeah. And I agree with exactly. everything you said, everything you said, except my problem with that is and why I can't, I don't want the Heat to win is because I don't think, I think the age of, the single alpha dog running a team and then carrying that team through to win a title, i.e. last man to do it, Kobe, rest in peace, that that age is gone. You need two guys. And there's not two guys in Miami. There's Jimmy and a bunch of guys. So I don't think that his mentality is ever going to get him a championship unless he puts that aside. And if he would have stayed in Philly and played with two other stars – like I, that's why I can't see them. I I can't have the Heat do it. I can't have the Heat win because I can't have myself eat swallow that pill. And I I, I just I don't think it works in this league anymore. And I can't have it. So that's why I do not want to see Jimmy and the Heat move on. But, but I agree. these guys are fine playing second fiddle. These guys these guys are fine playing second fiddle for the betterment of the team. But that style that I agree with you. But those guys, it's not that those guys are fine doing it. It's that those guys have to. And th- that style of 
football, which was very popular in the late 90s, i.e. right here in this city, see Allen Iverson, right? And Vince Carter on the Raptors. There was a lot of teams built in the early 2000s that were one guy and then a bunch of pieces. But we've seen that the league has evolved and it can't just be one guy. And so Jimmy needs to get out of that mentality of that I need to be, I'm the guy, one guy, because that doesn't work anymore. That's my I think it's I think it's a much different game than when you're thinking of guys like when you're thinking of guys like James Harden. That's a much different style of play than it's not just Well, he had Russell Westbrook this year. Harden. I know, but over the years, I mean over the years it's been it's been Harden and it still is. I mean, you can't compare the two. Like the the they don't play the same way. It's not a selfish style of ball, I think, that he plays. But I think that he plays with, uh, I don't know, maybe it's a cheesy term, but with the tenacity to, to carry, like to elevate all of his teammates and not just play iso ball like, like a James Harden or like an Allen Iverson was pretty much forced to do. I think it's two different styles. I don't think the two are comparable. So I'm just, as you're talking, I'm looking for the stat, right? And I want to find where Jimmy is. I don't see him at the top. So you, you, your point could be fairly proven here. So the NBA has a stat and Buha knows I love this stat. It's called usage rate, right? And to your point, I thought he'd be number one as he always is, but this year he wasn't to a slim margin. So James Harden is number two in qualifying for usage rate. Who do you think is number one? The Greek mm. Freak. Correct. Good. Giannis. The Greek Freak is one, and then Luca is three. So, I don't watch basketball, but I know I know my basketball. Yeah, and I I'm looking for Jimmy. He's not in the top thirty. He's they spread it around over there. Well, he's not a high-usage guy for the production he puts out, which is another reason why I wanted to see him stay here. Because Jimmy gets production out of his touches. He doesn't need to have a 35.6 usage rate like James Harden. He just doesn't. He, that's why I'm so upset about him leaving. Well, he's got the clutch factor. He's got... He, that's, when he, that's when he demands the ball, and that's when he really gets it. And, but my in the fourth point, quarter the, and overtime, that's when he gets the ball and he makes it. He's got that clutch gene in him. And you, you saw last night in game one. We'll see what happens in game two. Sorry. Sorry to cut you off, Eric. But the okay. point of the whole – the point of what I was trying to say is when he was here, there wasn't a clear – there wasn't a clear alpha from, from Jump Street. You know what I mean? There was three guys that – I mean, it's – Pretty, pretty honestly, it's still up in the air who who the alpha of the team is, and that's why it's such a strange construction. That's why it doesn't feel right. That's why the pieces don't fit together, because because there's not there's not a pecking order that everyone can agree on. You know that Joel feels one way. He probably feels like he's the alpha, which I think the majority of the city would say yes. But at the same time, we have another guy who the, the 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 ball has to go to him. It all has to go through him who feels the same way, that he's the alpha. Now, he's got flaws in his game that 
have been very well chronicled. I mean, um, but at the same time, if if this city isn't in agreement with who's the guy ever, how how are these gonna how are these guys gonna be in agreement on who's the guy? Well, let like, me ask you this question. It's gonna be a constant struggle for that let quote me unquote counter. power. Let me counter. So I mean, I agree with you, and because at the fundamental level between Joe and Ben, I've said this from the beginning. Joe is unstoppable, right? And he will be for the three, four, five years while his health keeps up. He is an unstoppable offensive force. But if the Sixers want to win, Ben has to be your best player. Because of the ball going through Ben, Ben's skill set, what Ben does. So that's sort of the ultimate conundrum that you face. But let me ask you this question. When the Shaq Kobe Lakers won their championships, who was the guy? Shaq or Kobe? I was Shaq, right? I disagree. I would disagree with that. But there's my point. I don't know if you need to have a clear-cut guy as long as you get the job done. I mean, eventually, yeah, well, you know, that that not knowing who the guy was ends up breaking up Shaq and Kobe and the Lakers, but both of them go to other teams and Shaq gets another title. Kobe gets two more with his new built Lakers team later on. So obviously both of them were high caliber enough to for championship players, but if Ben and Joe got three championships and then decided that, you know, they needed to go elsewhere, I think we'd all be happier than pigs and shit. I don't yeah, think you don't think that, you don't think that, that was a much works. different time in the sport where those two, those two hall of fame top, I don't know where you put Shaq because he's a big man, but the most dominant player of all time and probably the second or third best player of all time. I mean, that, that didn't happen back in that era. And it was kind of, I don't know this factually. I would have to look at some teams and do my research. But, I mean, that was kind of the first time that two two legends got together and, and played together. I mean, besides Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan, which just kind of happened semi-organically, and they ended up winning six championships. I mean, it's not like they were not a good team. But th- that was a much different era than it is now where you do have two guys per team that are, you know, and I think it's just the evolution of the game has made it so that you have to build a team that way. It's, it's, it just kind of happened out of necessity more, you know, less than when the Lakers did it, it was like unheard of. I agree, but that, that goes back to my, and I agree with everything you're saying, but that goes back to my point. Like, I don't necessarily think that there needs to be a clear-cut definition of, you know, I'm the guy. And I think it's a fundamental flaw in Jimmy Butler. I also think that it's what's driving Jimmy Butler to be so good, right? So it's simultaneously his greatest strength, but also, in my opinion, his biggest flaw. The need to be the guy, the need to be the alpha dog, the drive, the, you know, the, the I was not a pedigree player and I didn't get drafted so high. Like, all that drives him. But it also, in my opinion, holds him back from being a part of a great team with multiple great players because he has to be the guy. That's what I'm saying. 
And I don't I think you necessarily need to know who the guy is in a scenario. Well, you know, I put, here's one. Who was the guy in Golden State? Even before again, Durant got there. Was it Draymond? The guy? Dray- it was like, Steph Draymond Curry, Peter. I guess, right? It was Steph Curry. What do you mean? Well, Steph, but Steph, right, but Steph. And then it came Clay Thompson, and, and then it came Steve right. Kerr. And speaking of head coaches, why not? Are we talking about who's going to be the head coach of the Sixers? I mean, that, that doesn't have an effect on the team. Who's the head coach of the, the Heat? I mean, who's going to be the Sixers head coach? I mean, it certainly you does. Know? Well, right now, you know, the leading candidates are Teron Liu and, and Mike D'Antoni. What do you think about D'Antoni? Would you like to see him here? Me personally, I don't even give a shit. You know, I, I don't just just hire the guy. Elton Brand's going to put together a Joe Snow team, and they're probably going to be average, just like they were this year. You know, I really have. You know, I don't know. I'm kind of losing faith in them. They're going to have, they're going to have Ben. They're going to have Joe, and I don't know. I mean, I just don't see them really being that great or that good. The process, the process is over. They got the two guys. You know, now, now you're the Sixers, and stop saying you're the process. So it, I don't know. It's you know, I'm, it is what it is. It's I don't think I don't think they're going to get back to that level they were <laughs> last year, unless they get a a big time free agent or they start drafting good, which they do not get. Uh, they do not uh, do really well. At least they do draft well, but then they trade the good guy for you know for bags of balls, and I don't know. I just I'm losing hope on the Sixers and. I'm just more, I think I'm just more concerned about the Eagles of how shitty they played this past Sunday. Understood. Prof, what are your thoughts on Dan Tony? Would you like to see Dan Tony here? I, I don't know what he does. For, I don't know. I, other than being a name, I mean, I don't know what he does in terms of basketball. I mean, he kind of like – I feel like he's a guy that lets the players play. At least that's what we've seen out of him over the last few years. It's – there's – I can't speak to like the technicalities of his system, but I just think he's a name that excites people. And that's why it's, it's kind of the sexy name out there right now. I don't, I can't tell you one way or another if it's a fit, but because, because of his teams over the last, however many years he's been there, I I don't know he's got the, he's got one guy that sits dribbled between his legs, shoots a three pointer. That's kind of been his system, right? Yes and no. I'm actually interested in D'Antoni. And the reason that I'm interested in him is because of who our guy is, right? And that's Ben. What I think with the career path that I see Ben on, right, it's very similar to Giannis in that early Giannis did not shoot the ball at all. Right, and was a little bit more aggressive to the cup than Ben. Not as good of a ball handler or passer as Ben, but their you know their their size is comparable. Giannis is a little bit better of an explosive athlete, probably. Ben probably sees the floor a little better. But now, I mean, even look at what the Celtics did to Giannis when he was healthy, or sorry, the Heat when he was healthy. Giannis shoots twenty percent from three point range. They're giving him the Ben Simmons treatment. You want to shoot? Have at it. You shoot 20% from three uncontested. Have fun. Shoot every every time. Take a three. But with Ben, 
and the thing you alluded to earlier is, you know, there's something in his game, a flaw in his game. He doesn't shoot. It's not that he can't. Like, here's the difference. Broke. He cannot shoot. We don't actually know if Ben can't shoot. He just doesn't. So what I would like to see, possibly, from a coach like D'Antoni, an offensive-minded coach like D'Antoni, a creative offensive-minded coach like D'Antoni, you know, this is a guy who took Steve Nash, Sean Marion, right, like, a, and put them together in, for, in Suns teams that were putting up 130 points a game. Like, he's offensively... Jack. But who cares? Who cares? He's proven it's- that he can offensively scheme, and if he can get something out of Ben that Brett Brown couldn't, I think if Ben can implement into his game some form of a reputable, usable jump shot, he is a perennial MVP candidate because of his skill set. And if a D'Antoni system that speeds the, the pace up, up and down the floor, you know, if that's what it takes or a, that type of system to pull it out of him, I'm all for it. It's yeah, frustrating. It's frustrating, though, because you mentioned this comparison with Giannis. And each year, you've seen a significant step in the evolution of Giannis becoming a two-time MVP. You've seen that step. It's been it's been visible. That's true. And we have not seen that in in the evolution of Ben Simmons' career yet. Right. So well, until we do, we, we're going on blind faith that it's going to happen. And each passing year that it does not happen is another very frustrating year and it and it, it's another step backward for the process because because it's it's not it's not moving forward it's not taking that next step where Giannis has made it a point to to take those steps in his game Simmons does, doesn't seem to have interest so you're saying he doesn't shoot well how else are we going to know he's going to learn how to shoot like, what are we basing this? What are we basing this thought that this is just going to happen one day? Like, what is this all based on? I've heard, I've heard the argument. Well, they both got to stop getting hurt. I mean, Joel getting hurt every other day. He's always he, he he always has something. I mean, you saw Ben. He got hurt, and he was starting to shoot the ball a little. I mean, he did. He was shooting. He did actually make a three pointer in a game more than once. So he was progressing, and then he got hurt, which that just put the whole season down the tubes for us pretty much. Right. And, I mean, we'll see what happens next year. I mean, hopefully Ben comes back and he gets the midi going, which we've been saying since we drafted him as a rookie. Oh, he's going to do it. This is the year. This is it. He's been practicing. I've seen the Instagram for uh, the videos. We'll see. I, I mean, is he going to do it in the game consistently? Probably not. I'm not getting my hopes up. The really so, the, I mean, to, to, to jump on my my last point and to jump on Eric's point, you mentioned the shooting of three pointers. I don't even think that's I don't even think that's necessary. I'm I don't I'm not worried about shooting three pointers. Shoot from the elbow. Shoot shoot you know a fifteen. Take your free throws. We don't need you to shoot three pointers. If if you're wide open, you're gonna be left wide open out there. That's fine. You don't need to make those shots. You do need to make the fifteen footers at the elbow. I agree with you, and I only use the three-pointers as an example because specifically the way we've seen the Celtics guard Ben 
was the way that the Heat guarded Giannis when he was healthy in the first two games of that series. So, like, the comparison was there. And I agree, he doesn't need to shoot threes. Occasionally, he needs to put one up, but not so often. He just needs to keep a team honest because his length, his quickness, his ball skills, if somebody has to guard him true up, that's a problem. Right. The way he's guardable right now is just stand seven feet off of him, right, and dare him to shoot. But if he can prove to players that he can make that shot and takes it three or four times a game, the I mean, it's a it's an exponential increase in his productivity, which it's not blind faith we're going on. His productivity is already there, right? I mean, think about the numbers he puts up. First team, and not to mention first team all league defender at 24 years old. Think about the numbers he puts up without taking the jump shots we want him to. But that's what I'm talking about. But that's what I'm talking about. He's come into the league with those skills. Those skills, ha- I mean, maybe they've maybe they've developed a little bit. Maybe he's gotten a little bit better at dunking. Maybe he's gotten a little bit better at, that, <laughs> better at driving to the basket. But we knew he could do that. We knew he could do that. We knew he was a great defender. We knew that coming in. That's fine. My point is there needs to be a development in his game that was not there before. Otherwise, you're the same. You ha- you're the same player that you were in LSU. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. We knew those elements of his game were already there. The development and the step in the NBA that you're supposed to take is you're supposed to turn your weaknesses and at least get them to be mediocre, or at least get them to NBA caliber. Well, I think subpar NBA caliber. Just right. And I I think with Ben, I've said this the whole time and it always, always comes back to the jump shot. But for me, it's just the overall development of scoring. I don't care if you don't ever fucking shoot, but you better be like Giannis when you drive to the hole then. Cause when Giannis drives to the hole, he drives with authority. He's not leaving any like, you know, fadeaway runners that Ben likes to throw up that go off the top of the glass and clang around. Like Giannis is going to the cup and he's either getting fouled hard or he's scoring. So like, that's also part of the evolution of what I'd like to see. I think inevitably we all know the jump shot's got to be a part of it, but I, I agree with you in a sense in that I just want to see him develop more, but I, to me, and again, I said it a hundred times and, and I'm like one of the only remaining people I feel like that is just so invested in Ben because I see his skill set and I see a perennial MVP candidate sitting here in Philadelphia with a guy like Joe. And to Eric's point, uh, social media, but Ben's in the gym working out and somebody filmed him asking him like, oh, Ben, you're not taking a vacation. And he goes, I didn't earn a vacation. We didn't earn a vacation. He's back in the gym working. We all know he's a gym rat. We all know he's, he keeps himself in phenomenal shape. He works out. He's 24. He, I'm not worried about his health. I am worried about Joe's health. Joe's a big man. Joe carries a lot of weight. Joe's had lower body issues, foot issues, leg issues. So, like, Joe probably only has three or four more really high productive years left in him. So, can Ben get his game to that level in time? And can we get somebody else around these guys to take full advantage of Joe's talent. Cause Joe, his shelf life is a lot shorter than Ben's. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Joe's yeah, you're right. He probably got 
I want to say, what's your 26? I mean, he could go into a stick. So easy 26. I mean, 26. when you hit that 30 age, I don't know if it's like the running back age for centers as it is in the NFL. If you're running back 30s, it. I mean, you got a good solid four years with Joel. I mean, and you got Ben. So you got four solid years. And I'm, I, I want to say, yeah, you got to do it now. And you got to get a good coach in here. And if it doesn't work, this is going to be Joel's, you know, history in uh, Sixers, you know, just a, a pretty decent player. And I don't, I, I forget the one guy. Who was the one guy that said Joel Embiid was a top five or top three player in Sixers history? I mean, that's totally fucking false. I mean, the, I mean, the guy got to the, he almost got to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. I mean, they've had a, like what they've, they've had three good seasons the past three years. I mean. They haven't really. They haven't won anything. I mean, what they get the second seed last year, and this year they got this. They limped in with the sixth seed. I mean, the whole the whole process, the whole team. It just has not. I have not been impressed whatsoever with Joel and Ben Simmons. It's just, it just really haven't. So I mean, I want to say they can't do any worse than what they're doing. They got to add some pieces. Get a good coach. You know, I would say get Tyron Lue. I like the guy. He gives a shit. He can't do any worse than Brett Brown. <laughs> you know, come on. I mean, I like the guy. He coached LeBron. He actually won a championship, at least. He's got a pedigree. So, they got to do it, and they got to do it now. The the thing that we're forgetting in all this, and that's it's really, I think, going to hamper us, is two bad contracts that they signed. That yeah, that too will not allow us to put additional pieces around these two, and um, you know, it's it's not just um, our team that needs those pieces. You could see all these teams that are still in the playoffs; they have pieces around. They have teams that are built up. Everybody plays a role. These two guys that we signed are really going to handcuff us and Tobias Harris and Al Horford. And I don't know how that all that situation plays out. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not a financial expert when it comes to the NBA of what our options are or what they're going to be, but these are pretty fresh contracts. They're pretty fresh and it's really going to handcuff us when we go to take that next step and looking at what this team needs to, to, Get on the basically get on the level that we were last year. We yeah. took a step backwards, or at least on Jimmy more like three level. steps backwards. Certainly, and to Eric's point, right outside of whoever they go, yeah, we are going to see what Elton Brand's made of with these contracts. We're going to see what he can do. I mean, in my opinion, you know, you may be stuck with Horford because you probably can move Toby and and get something else. But I don't see how you construct a roster with both of them. I don't know. We'll see. I, I mean, Elton Brand's going to have to do something. We know that we need a we need a dynamic garden here. We have we we have a litany of front court players. We don't have any back court players, so we'll see what he can do. And the NBA offseason's like tomorrow because it's September seventeenth. <laughs> like COVID, COVID fucked yeah. up schedules. I mean, they, the, the draft order is already set, correct? I mean, yeah, and there I saw actually. I don't want to give a bad date, but I saw that they're doing the draft, I think, in, like, November, November 15th or yeah, something so, like so that. So they're pushing everything back. Yeah. 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 
By the way, the Browns are up 21 to 10 right now. They just scored again. They're kicking off. There's a minute 31 left. In and what's the- it in the first half? Yep. It's still early. Well, hey, uh, we picked the Bengals to cover. We didn't take no money line. All they got to do is cover. True. And, and, they're not and, even it's, in your and it's six picks. points. They're not they, even in your official picks. They're not even my official pick. I was, I was not high on this game. This is one of those games where I'm like, I'm not touching it because I'm not – Sure of what was this game's about. This yeah, prof, what do we call that? That's a lean. Did he get? He gave us a lean for the for the uh, for the. He gave us a mid. He gave us a low to mid lean. Yeah, a low to mid lean. Well, that's yeah. all I got. You guys got anything else? I got. Yeah, one. dude. I'm sorry I poo pooed your your uh, timeline of the process. I know you wanted to go over bit by bit and talk about each thing that happened. Maybe we'll still. Maybe we can still do that. We'll still probably do it. We can still New probably season kicks off. It. It's amazing. Well, I have it all down here. It's amazing when you see some of the deals that got made and the players that were picked and all that. And and there's going to be a time when we go through this, especially when we start talking about the team for next year, right? And like where we sit. So we're going to keep it in the pocket. I'm just going to keep talking about it, and we're going to keep it in the pocket. All right. Yeah. I mean, hey, and I want to say I love the Sixers. I'm a four for four guy. There's nothing more than I would rather do than talk about the Sixers. But the one thing I do want to say next podcast that I want to talk more about is the fucking Eagles. I want to talk about the the Eagles, how they collapsed. We didn't do that at 17. I mean, mean, we might have glimpsed on it. I mean, they're up 17 nothing and they shit the bed against the Washington football team. And, I don't know. I mean, the, I, I, I'm really looking forward to the Eagles because they're playing right now. And, um, yeah, we'll see what happens with them. I don't know. We'll, maybe we'll get more chatter in that. But the, the Sixers, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I told you my spiel on that, and I just, I, I'm just not a I, – I, I think the Flyers have more hopes than them. I, I like what the Flyers are doing more than what the Sixers are doing. So that's just my uh, consensus. On the four for four, they signed Nicholas Albay Kubel today, keeping them on board. Keeping, there you go. Keeping knack on the squad. That's a big signing. Well, they better make sure they have that guy Carter Hart too. Guys, I know a lot of people have been asking. Also, before we jump out of here, there's no Formula One on this week. Oh. We're taking a break for the weekend. All right, stay in bed tomorrow. Do not wake up at five a.m. to watch practice number one. All right, so we'll pick up. The following weekend with the Russian Grand Prix, I'll be sure to write up a little rundown of what to expect in that race. Give you some notes on the track, um, you know, tell you who's looking good. What are some good odds if you want to put bets in? Now, can you bet on that? Can you legitimately bet on who wins that race? Sure. Really? Of course you can. Sure. Why not? I hear there's – You could probably bet on – you could probably bet on who comes in 10th. Really? Well, I was hearing there was some good golfing bets. Oh, you get Fox points Sports for 10, one. by the way. Fox Sports 1, real quick. I'm not promoting anything. I mean, this would be great if we get paid for an ad here. But Fox Sports Fox Sports Betting has a new betting app now. So if you bet, whoever wins the, uh, the U.S. Open has minus four. And it doesn't matter who it is. If you bet 10 bucks, you win 50. So we'll see what happens to golf too at the U.S. Open. I, that that started today. So and when that, you sign that, up, that was a good bet. When you I, sign up, use code code Earl for fifty. Well, I'm not saying I'm not promoting it. <laughs> but Dude, there the U.S. Is Open that bet out there. 
We got to start getting the U.S. Sponsors. Open. Talk about unpopular sports. Why does the U.S. Open go for a month and a half? I, I it doesn't, but it's COVID. I mean, that's only explanation. It's right? a four-day tournament. Well, yeah. Well, it's I mean, it's one round of no. four rounds of golf, but then they always make a big deal out of the practice rounds. So you're getting five rounds of golf, right? But I mean, it's fucking September seventeenth. The U.S. Open should have went off in June, right? So like, yeah. that's the real problem. Well, the Masters never well, even went off yet. I think it's a two-week tournament. I think it takes two weeks. We'll have to check in with our tennis correspondent, Jay Rampola. Dude, we're talking about golf. Sure I was talking about golf. I wasn't talking about no stupid tennis here. No, I'm talking about tennis. We are talking about golf. Okay. I was talking about tennis, dude. Oh, oh fuck tennis. Yeah, no, I, mean, I was talking about tennis. That's what I was talking about. Tell I, I know, I know. Up his ass. I know golf structure. <laughs> All right, I retract. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I was wondering why you started talking about golf. I'm like, yeah, I know golf structure. Well, yeah, but they're doing plenty every Open. time. But every time I flip on ESPN, it's U.S. Open. It's been that way for a month. Yeah, yeah. it is. You ain't kidding. Tennis. Is I weird. have seen that. Tennis is weird. All right, guys, weird. we're gonna we're gonna get ready to wrap it up. As always, I got to do my spiel. Thanks everybody for hopping on the live feed. Myself, Nick, Earl, we all really appreciate it. Make sure you check us out on the platforms, iTunes podcast application, and YouTube. Search from underscore the underscore hill. Put it in quotation so you don't miss it. Click the subscribe button. Click the like button. Click share. All the above. Doesn't cost you guys anything. Really helps us out. Helps us get the content out there. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of the games tonight, the basketball, the football, and this weekend. Hope you're tracking. Don't forget your hockey. Make some money and the hockey. Don't forget the hockey. Make some money on my picks. I don't know about those guys' picks. You know, um, we'll see. They're not leading off too good here with uh, their Bengals pick, but uh, <clears throat> very, very early. And the, so and the early. Phillies, the, the Mets tied the Phillies up. By the way, nice. This bullpen. This bullpen, dude. Well, it's always oh a pleasure, God. guys. This bullpen is absolutely brutal. But that's it. We're going to get out of here. Everybody have a great weekend. I'm Swags. We got the prof. We got Earl. We're up on out of here. Peace. Peace.